Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Welcome to another edition of Corbin versus the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Albaugh, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow on this, our first week of July of the 2020 experience. I am back after a short hiatus. I took a little reprieve from talking on the microphone and talking about all the politics and all the things that make me pull my hair out, and I am back refreshed, ready to share so much joy with the world, and... I am currently sharing this studio space and this show with the wonderful Mona Magno. Hello, Mona. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Fantastic. Mona is a musician, artist, community organizer, and a person of oh so many hats. Uh, She is here in the studio to talk about her wonderful media company, Free Music for Free People, and her uh, upcoming Twitch TV channel that will be debuting soon, featuring all sorts of local artists. So, Mona, you do so many things in the Denver area. You're a musician, you're an artist, you're a teacher, community organizer. Uh, You do a thousand things. My first question is, do you sleep ever? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I sleep really good, actually. Good, good. Excellent. Uh, Because I was, you know, doing all the research into all the things you do. My mind was just absolutely blown at, you know, the the amount of Hermione with the time turner things that you must have to pile into your schedule. So um, for those listening who do not know, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, all the various things that you do. Yeah, well... It's usually it's a funny thing that happens um, when people are like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Huh? How much time do we have?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel that pain. Yeah, but it, um, you know, I am a musician, and that's the core of my passion and, and the way that I uh, navigate the world. Um, so, a part of that has been figuring out how I can do as much as I want um, and continue to express my talents and grow within them beyond being just a musician I've identified that I feel pretty strongly about uh, you know community organizing and really enjoy the process of identifying something that I'd want to do and then just like tackling it and finding people that want to tackle it with me and so um starting free music for free people in 2013 really has allowed me to do all of those things to play as much as I want and to explore as much as I desire and to have actually a lot of support from you know team members or from people in the community so with free music for free people right now we currently have a media branch called free people tv Um, we have a record label called free people records and then we're in the process of um, kickstarting our online publication called the Denver Underground. Um, and we've done events in the past, and that's been super fun to kind of be inspired by immersive experiences like Meow Wolf. Mm-hmm. And then to take our community 
and make our own version of something immersive and uh, whimsical. And so those are, that's kind of what I do with free music for free people. But in, in general, I try to like find as many places that I can uh, or grooves that I can get into within different organizations, different collectives and um, see if there's something there for me. You know, at this point in my life, it's just been a lot of saying yes, a lot of, you know, someone being like, oh, do you want to screenwrite this web series? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to play in this band? Yes. Like it just it's been that. And so I'm on this journey of seeing what happens when I say yes. Absolutely. And, you know, your your career up to this point is a real testament to your your ability to say yes to everything because you've done so many things and you've been running uh, free music for free people since since 2013 for seven years. So I, I know that you have been involved in the music scene for a really long time, um, you know, almost 10 years now, I think, like the local Denver scene. So how did the seed thoughts for free music for free people kind of begin? And then how did those evolve over time to where we are now? Free music for free people at first was a way for me to continue developing the community, I don't know, leadership that I was feeling really drawn to. At the time, I was putting together all of these collaborative shows and really just cultivating and creating space for the musicians and the creative people around me. And it just provided a container to explore the possibilities with the with this community that was ready for um, activation. Um, and so we... We hit it pretty hard the first few years. We had like six events a month and it was like open mic, musician night, poetry night, potluck night, like yoga night. And we just and we would collaborate with organizations or uh, collectives like Moon Magnet and Seventh Circle. And we would just see who was out there and wanted to collaborate um, at that time, we were we did have an emphasis on media like video, but it was just a little bit more DIY than the approach now. And we had a residency at Gypsy House Cafe and that when they closed their Capitol Hill location, we kind of didn't want to try and recreate a space. Really, what we were doing at Gypsy House Cafe was filling a need you know, a need for music and community um, and space to be cultivated. And so when that went away, it was kind of like, well, do we force this or we do we just wait until a need presents itself again? And we waited and went on a bit of a hiatus. And then, or last October, we threw our spring showcase uh, after a f- taking a few years off of our spring showcase. And our spring showcase was always a time to celebrate the people that we'd worked with throughout the year and that just we it was live from the multiverse which ended up being this like crazy bizarre cosmic uh garage sale (laughs) interactive experience beautiful uh yeah mercury cafe and that was like this fire lit and then we brought on a bunch of people for uh the video branch marketing and and really just like cultivated this strong team and then it was like oh we should maybe build out like 
Free People TV as a branch. And then we let's see what it looks like to start a label. And and it just really started to like other people's influence showed me that it could be a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it's really grown and evolved a lot in the last few years. Yeah. Definitely. So how many people are involved with it? Is this, did this kind of start off as a you Mona project and then you kind of took people on as, as you went or did you have some collaborators from the very beginning? I did have some collaborators from the very beginning. Uh, Diego Flores and Elias Garcia both played with Los Mocochetes mm-hmm. and they supported me because they loved me. You know, they were my friends um, and that is awesome to have friends that support you, but it's also difficult, you know, when things can come up, difficulties can come up. And now the team are people that are my friends, but really that have been brought on the team because of their specific skills that they want to grow within. You mentioned Mercury Cafe, which is actually uh, where I met you originally at the Balanced Breakfasts that you help organize. Could you tell us a little bit about that as well? It's like this national organization, and they have a bunch of different chapters in different cities. Me and Reed Fox from Moon Magnet, we run the Denver chapter, and it's a community music networking uh, meetup where we have breakfast, we'll have a speaker come down, and, and really our goal is to cultivate community, you know, as I obviously feel so passionate about, um, but also to provide information so that we as a community can continue to really collaborate on building this rich creative scene, you know, both in Denver and just all even here up in Fort Collins, like um, knowledge is power. Absolutely. Knowledge is power and and getting just connected and, and being involved. You know, one of the things that I've noticed because I'm uh, I'm not from Colorado, I'm not from Denver, but one thing that I've noticed is that Denver is such an amazing and vibrant community, but you have to look a little bit in order to discover those things. And I think it's so great that you're that you're creating organizations, that you're creating events that are so inclusive that so many people can can get involved with, because I think that that's so necessary when you're trying to get a scene off the ground. Do you feel like Denver's scene has really progressed a lot in the last few years with with all of the people coming in? What's your experience been with that? It's been a lot of growing. Um, You have people come in and you have new ideas come in, new flavors. And then you have a lot of people that have been doing the work for decades now. It begins to become this melting pot. New spaces open, new money comes in, and that's exciting. I think right now we're at a place where we really are trying to preserve our spaces that like Mercury Cafe, the Gypsy House Cafe, Mutiny Cafe, um, these spaces that have been around I think that's a huge emphasis right now is just like let's make sure that we people in our community can be a part of that growth and that the venues that have been here for so long can be a part of that growth as well absolutely and you know with free music for free people growing into uh, audiovisual as well you're starting uh, free people TV which will be premiering on twitch uh, July 8th I believe yeah yeah how long has that process been in terms of thinking, okay, let's move, let's move into video production. What does that look like? How has that whole process been? How, how long, when did that start? How long did it take? Specifically with this first season, 
Um, as I mentioned, we had done a lot of video coverage throughout the years, and most of that prior work was just myself. But then I began to bring on people like Michael Figgy, who's still on the team, Faith Cross, who's still on the team, um, and uh, our marketing uh, lead, Evan Lee. And he he really had an influence on us upping our quality and being super intentional and focused. And I just really appreciate him for that. But I would say everything kind of went to the next level when I had people that were ready to be utilized in pursuing that and in creating engaging compelling media and I don't know when you have people who are agreeing to contribute to a project that you've been cultivating for a long time I feel like I owe it to them for it to be a positive experience for it to be meaningful to help steer it in a way that is exciting and compelling so what kind of stuff can we expect to see when Free People TV premieres in July? The episodes are highlights of all the different segments we've been um, producing over the past year. And so our segments, we have live sets, we have artist sessions, video podcasts, uh, some that are political, some that are just focused on people as artists. Um, and so you get highlights of... All of those uh, episodes that we've created um, from those different segments, as well as you'll see some of information about the Denver Underground and about the label. And um, so each episode is kind of like a a free people TV slash free music for free people universe. Um, and with Michael Figgy on the team and myself, we've put like animations into it. And um, so... I would say what to expect is to be engaged, intrigued, inspired. That's about it. <laughs> I would be good with that. <laughs> what are some of your favorite segments that you've produced for it so far that you're really excited for people to see? Really love the artist sessions because we go into people's houses or their, you know, creative workspaces and it's just so intimate and it's different when you go into an artist's space. And you could, you could just feel like, oh, you've been brewing magic in here for years. And then we have a segment in collaboration with Aaron Loki Johnson um, called Your Neighbor Speaking, which is a segment and a, a project that he works on outside of free music for free people. But we talk to artists about political issues and social issues, which is not necessarily always what people talk about. And in fact, can sometimes be a little bit uh, taboo to to bring up or controversial. Uh, and Aaron Loki Johnson, he's a former CPR uh, radio host. And so he's just so eloquent about describing things and he's so informed. And um, I just love where he goes with the artists. What's really curious is that um, it's called Free People TV Season 1, with the implication being that there will be a Season 2 at some point um what's what are the thoughts for that do you are you kind of thinking of continuing in the in the same vein or with the same template that you've set for uh free music for free people you know going even further with some with some even bigger ideas we do have some different segment ideas coming up season two we are trying to film 
hopefully before, you know, this supposed second wave of COVID. Knock on wood, heaven forbid, <laughs> batting down the hatches. I know. I'm like, if we get all of the footage before, we could just work on it while we're at home. <laughs> <laughs> before the boulder comes down. Yeah. So we are trying to produce, but we're imagining it'll be once a year that a, a season will come out. Um, it'll just give us time to produce and, and really be intentional about who we feature uh, and, and a huge thing this year is going to be an emphasis on people of color. Um, and that's something that I disclose in uh, this first season is that, you know, Denver is just a very, uh, the population is a lot of white people. The, the creative community is a lot of white people. And we do have a lot of white people represented in the season. And then, you know, we have the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening. And I, it just feels as a, as a person of color, um, I have to be responsible in, in making sure that I'm advocating and amplifying voices. Not only are you involved with free music for free people, but you are also a uh, teacher and a program coordinator for Youth on Record yeah. as well. Just another thing that you do. <laughs> <laughs> Again, how do you sleep? I don't understand. Um, so tell me a little bit about that, because that, that seems to exist in its own universe as well for you in its own separate universe. Totally. Wow. What a an amazing job. I'm I'm so stoked that I get to work there. One to grow more. Working with teenagers like is such soul work, such personality work. They will eat you alive. So you have to like accurate. Yeah. You have to uh prepare yourself for that and grow and develop. And so with working as a teaching artist, uh, I go into the high schools. I've been to a few different high schools and um, have taught audio production. I was at North High School this past year teaching audio production. Been at other schools teaching creative writing and spoken word. And we utilize creative education as a means of empowerment. And, and in light of everything that's happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, we're putting a heavy emphasis on abolitionist teaching which is I'm like I don't even know how I get to it it feels so meaningful and so relevant um and and feels like a perfect way to embody my role in this movement we go into these schools and we love on these kids and we give them information and we show them how much they matter and then we give them music so that they can express like themselves and they can advocate for their communities and they can uh ex you know work through trauma and through music um, we we put an emphasis on trauma-informed um, education and so it's very like holistic as well as creative and can be heavy in some moments it feels really radical you mm -hmm. know out of curiosity i'm sorry to interrupt out yeah. of curiosity um you mentioned trauma-informed care does that mean that you went through tci training or um just because that's that's something that i uh i was an educator at a school for kids with autism and emotional disabilities a couple years ago and i had to go through a similar kind of training so i'm just curious to to hear that applied in in other avenues we do trainings all throughout the year on several different um, aspects of our work. And we have done um, some like first aid, me mental health first aid. And we have done training on, on trauma-informed pedagogy mm -hmm. um, and nonviolent communication and stuff like that. Yeah. 
And for, uh, so for those who might not be familiar, um, just just give us kind of a brief overview of Youth on Record and what you know what communities they serve and and how uh, how that process works. Youth on Record, we work with fourteen to twenty four year olds. Really, our programming is specific to fourteen to uh, twenty one. Um, we go into classrooms, uh, providing creative education, but we also have out of school programs. One of the out of school programs I actually run, and it's Fem Powered, which is our girls' music program, um, cool. which is so rad to just be around these brilliant young women and to hold their hand and and shine the light on wherever they want to go as much as I can. So yeah, we provide these programs. Uh, Our fellowship is for kids who have got their GED or they've graduated from high school. And it's a 10-month professional development um, program that takes them through all these different uh, development seminars and at the end they get the opportunity to get a grant um, to put towards their art and and there's a bunch of other stuff that we do um, we have a podcast we work with Sean King from Devochka on that oh cool really it's just one of the most magnificent things uh, and when we talk about social justice like it is the the flow bots they started it and um in thinking of like one of the most effective radical ways to bring about change, they're like, oh, we need to go to the classrooms and empower the young people to grow into leadership. And I'm like, wow, that's so effective. Yeah. Well, you're giving you're giving kids the the tools that they need to to develop as artists and as people in in the climate that we're all growing up in now. Yeah. It's so important because those things get so overlooked in the public school system and and um, you know, all the other traditional systems that we have where it's, you know, that's why your organizations are so necessary to to give kids those tools. Are there any students that you've worked with that have gone on to be collaborators with you in in your other artistic pursuits, or do you just have any like big success stories that you're really proud of as a teacher? Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. I feel so honored to just be given the opportunity to connect with them. Um, Live from the Multiverse uh, was not only just a show for free music for free people, but I gave all of the girls that I mentored and empowered the opportunity to have um, like an internship for that event. And so they got to see the whole process and they got to like work the door and perform at the show. And they got to see, they got to come to all of the meetings and see how we weave together this bizarre story. That was super, super amazing to bring them into that experience Um, honestly, with most days, I'm pretty blown away by all of them. And I create this space and I'm like, oh, like, here's this, you can come out and, and, and share yourself. And they just like bust through the door, like, this is me. And I'm like, (laughs) I, all I can do is just clap and applaud and be like, yes, you're amazing. Um, so even though if you are shy, please do come hang out i mean i guess that is uh one of the brilliant things that has happened is we did have a girl who was super shy um and oh like through maybe like six months of being in the program she performed at one of the shows that we put together and 
uh, she just came out with this like crazy Erica Badu energy, and she also played at the Multiverse show, and I'm like, couldn't even recognize her. She just had such big energy, and I'm just like remembering this girl that like you you had to be like speak up i can't hear you or you know this response i'm like oh say that again it's hard to and then all of a sudden she just like gets up on so stage big. and blows it away yeah that's so great is that something that we'll be able to see on on um free people tv um potentially we do have it filmed but to be determined sure yeah whether or not we'll release it i'm learning my way around twitch because i'm i'm a border borderline luddite but um Tell me a little bit uh, just about how much content will be available on on that Free People TV. Is this something that you tune in at any time? There's always something watching? Or can you kind of choose from kind of like a buffet list of, you know, I want to see this artist perform or I want to see, you know, this behind the scenes thing? Or, or how does how is that kind of organized? Each episode will air the second through fifth um, Wednesday in July. And each episode will debut on Twitch. And then after it debuts, it'll be available on our website to rewatch. And um, the full episodes of all of the highlights will be available to watch as well. So if you just go to our website after uh, they premiere, you'll be able to either watch the episode or dive straight into full sets, full interviews, full sessions. That's awesome. And what is that website for the people at home? Yeah, FM, the number four, FP.com. Fantastic. Well, Mona, in addition to doing all these wonderful things for the community, you also do wonderful things for music as well. You are a very prolific musician in your own right as well. Uh, you've played in multiple bands uh, over your career already. So I want to take a quick break while we play some of that wonderful tunage. So we'll be back. My choice, my voice, these sounds I don't mess around. I feel like it's my job to love
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world featuring your hero, Corbin David Alba, and also Mona Magno is here sharing our lovely studio and sharing her lovely songs. You just got done hearing Love Under the Sun 
from her project Flowers of Mass Production. Next, we heard Tao from her group Twin Flame Medicine. And finally, we heard All Caught Up, which is a new single that she released under the name Monalicious uh, this past November, uh, which has a lovely music video for it featuring uh, some lovely movement and dance. Uh, I was a little curious watching it, not only that, but um, the other two videos that you have on your website, there's a lot of movement and there's a lot of dance going on. I was wondering, is that something that you're really interested in or is that something where it's like, hey, I have a lot of friends who are dancers. Let's make this happen. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm very passionate about dance and movement um, and some of the people in my life that uh, are just wonderful also happen to be amazing dancers. Um, and again, I just love collaborating. So I couldn't really imagine having created those projects without those people. Um, but yeah, super fun to not just conceive of the idea, but to Uh, go into those spaces with people um, because I filmed and directed both of those. um, Oh, cool. uh, Both of all of those videos to especially that the last, the most recent one with Eastar and Corwin um, for my song All Caught Up. Just so such an honor to bring them in and to have them let me in to their story, to their love um, and to just like be there with my camera and be like, oh, my goodness it felt so pure it's such a cliche thing to say but it just just watching it you felt you could feel the joy they're so expressive with their bodies they're so expressive with their faces and it's just it it's it, it takes that song to the next level I feel just just with that intimacy and that joy and that that was so so very cool to watch so you've played in a number of groups um you know, throughout your career, kind of walk me through, you know, we, we just heard a few of those musical projects, but kind of take me through from, from beginning to where we are now. How, how has your musical career kind of developed? <laughs> it started around 13, just making my own tunes. Um, Mona Magno uh, was my alias and then moved into I had a band with Elias Garcia, uh, my friend who was in Los Mocochetes. <laughs> Love Los Mocochetes. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> we had a band called Cortical Fugal Network. Um, Great name. <laughs> That's such a good name. <laughs> for teenagers, it was it was a vibe for sure. Um, <laughs> we had some good times, uh, very formative years. But then I went, I started creating music just as Monalicious and then Flowers of Mass Production kind of, it went through a bunch of different phases. First, I was playing with some uh, uh, Victor Hernandez from Vic and the Narwhals. Um, and then I found myself playing with a buddy, uh, Emilio Dominguez, in kind of like Mona in the Universe. So kind of during the high school years was all over the place, just exploring, trying out playing with different people. And then... Um, I went to college my first year of college and I met like the summer right before I had met um, Kyle McQueen and Greg Wilson who were in spacesuits for Indians and they played some of my music we played together and it was just incredible and um, we ended up recording the the flowers of mass production love under the sun album and 
they were just not in necessarily a good place to continue moving forward. And at the time, my partner and I began playing music under the name Twin Flame Medicine. Um, and we played, you know, f- I don't know, I think it was five years of playing music under that name. Then, uh, well, I'm not with my that partner anymore. Um, his name's Swirl. And it just felt like, let's switch it up. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't really necessarily want to have my creative identity attached to a relationship like that, um, though it was beautiful at the time. That is what led me to breaking away and, and not necessarily breaking away, but acknowledging that I wanted my music to be under my name. And that's kind of what our music was, was my music. So it's been super amazing and effortless um just so much love even you know swirl has been so kind and sweet throughout the process you know at first year i'm like i don't want to hurt your feelings but i want to go on this different path and he's been super duper supportive and so now with music i'm in the process of working on three eps oh wow (laughs) one of them is busy 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 I don't think you sleep. I think you <laughs> lied earlier. Um, I guess no one will know. <laughs> it, it. I am really trying to finish these projects because I'm like, yo, this has been too long. But I have an album with my band, which was the Twin Flame Medicine Band. But um, now it goes by Monalicious. Yeah, yes. now we perform as that. And then I have an R&B album that I produced that will come out as Monalicious as well. And then I am have an acoustic album of just music by myself uh that will that will eventually be created at some point (laughs) so this is essentially you know you're from a creative standpoint this is your work these are your songs Mm -hmm. and you know how how has that process worked in terms of was there a transition going from monalicious to twin flame where you were like i'm going to take more i'm i'm going to take more of a leadership position with this or was that always kind of the dynamic from the beginning yeah it was always the dynamic towards the beginning of our band we were a lot more collaborative and swirl would bring ideas to the table but then it kind of it it just took shape that I was writing and doing you know all the booking and imagining for the group and also acknowledging oh I want to create an acoustic album I want to do an R&B album and noticing that oh I'm about to like put so much effort into releasing that the single all caught up or into that album and then I'm gonna have to do all of that extra work to establish myself separately for these other projects and that was kind of what contributed to me being like no maybe I should just I want all of it under me I want to really just build out my legacy and not have it be like Mona in this band and then Mona in this band and, and so it's just trying to focus stuff in general, my life can be like all these different projects. <laughs> so. I know, I I know that very well uh, as a person who also wears many hats on a on a weekly basis. So, in terms of musical influences, you know what what were some cues that you kind of took when you first began? Because one thing that I that I loved about listening to your music is that it seems like you you have a sound, you have a signature sound that's all your own that you really seem to have had from the beginning that just seems to be crystallizing more and more. 
as you go. Did you have any real influences uh, when you started performing? Uh, anyone that you necessarily tried to emulate, or has it always kind of been like, "This is me. This is what I'm. This is what I'm putting out." I think it's been a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. In general, the first time hearing myself sing was like, "Whoa, <laughs> where you been?" Um, and so it feels good to just like dig deeper into my groove um but super inspired uh in the earlier years by bands like tegan and sarah they really helped me find my voice and just embrace my queerness in general um and then to erica badu definitely super influential uh the beatles i mean who is inspired (laughs) the only ones who aren't are lying um led zeppelin billy holiday uh, i would say that those are pretty big in- highest coyote oh yeah when they first ca- first came out that was super influential but then even friends you know like ghost tapes mm-hmm. um super inspirational olivia bloom that my friend i can't even believe they're my friends that i get to be friends with them uh so very much inspired in general by everything but have had to acknowledge that I'm going to shine brightest when I am focusing on my sound or my voice. Absolutely. And it, it's so easy to be inspired when you're around the Denver music community because I, I found out firsthand just how diverse and vibrant it was when I went to my first UMS last year and I had my mind absolutely blown. I was like, I had no idea there were so many amazing individual artists and bands and, and musicians uh, in, in this city. So who are, who are some of your favorites, not, not just in Denver necessarily, but who are, who are some uh, groups and musicians that you're really big on currently? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been super into just some like R&B vibes. Uh, Ari Researching Lonics. for the EP. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ari Lonix, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Super inspired by her, I would say. FKJ comes to mind. Uh, local people, Caitlin Williams, mm-hmm. um, Cassidy Bacon from the Whimsy of Things. Just love, love her music. Uh, Ramakandra. I just got turned on to Ramakandra a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yes. They're, they're like their whole thing, their vibe, their art, everything. I'm just like, "Holy shit!" How yeah, people cannot be sleeping on this. No, definitely not. Um, so Ramakandra, they just had a new album that came out. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. <laughs> so very good. Uh, and let's see who else is up in there. Uh, Felix, fast forward super amazing is that who you collaborated with on all caught up yeah great definitely yeah we both worked at youth on record and i was just like (laughs) you want to play some music can (laughs) i get you on this but honestly you know anthony ruptek all the people kid astronaut featured on the the free people records Mm -hmm. volume compilation um jen cordy with lady gang the list could go on and on and on of amazing people in our community and then you know people who are bumping on my playlist (laughs) oh yeah and and speaking of playlists and you just mentioned it that that free people compilation album you mentioned earlier uh before our first musical break you talked about your record label uh tell me a little bit about how you know in 
with with all the other things that Free Music for Free People does, it's also a record label as mm-hmm. well. Um, when when did that start? Um, and 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 what has that process been like? Yeah, we launched the label 2019 in December, and we hit the ground running super in the future uh, with a pack of cards with our compilation. Um, and so 10 artists featured and then the pack had 10 cards and a digital download code. And, and we, those look so cool. Yeah. yeah. We worked with uh, Frankie Zinke as an illustrator and then Michael Figgy doing the graphic design around it. Um, and you can buy those on your website too, Yeah, correct? Yeah. You can. Totally in the future. We went to a few different markets and we would present them to people and be like, hey, like, do you want to support this? People are like, what is it? And I'd, I'd try to explain it and they're like, I don't get it. And then I would like dive deeper and open up the box and they're like, oh my God, this Trading is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're, the world's not ready for this. <laughs> but super, I think that's in general what one of our huge philosophies in in the company is innovation, inspiration, um, and just to, to captivate others with what we produce Mm -hmm. um so yeah we launched late last year at the very end and right now we are in the process of producing and working on a few different recording projects we're also doing a a community compilation album called timestamp that's documenting all of like documenting music that's been created during the time of social distancing we continue with the emphasis of community spotlighting um but then there's also like recording projects that we're working on totally do you see it as as it grows and develops do you would you prefer it to remain kind of a colorado denver uh exclusive or do you kind of envision it broadening its scope at any point to to including uh other communities in other cities i don't have a preference there's so many amazing people here in Denver and and in Colorado it's a really deep well to go down just here alone yeah but I would like to create a container where when big artists are stopping through town they are collaborating with us on a recording project or on a video session um I I would love to work with all artists from all places but have the emphasis beyond being making music here in Colorado So we're going to, in just a moment, take another musical break, and we're going to be hearing some of those artists that are featured on that compilation album. So we're going to do that right now. Here's more tunes. Be ready. 
Friends, it's me, your hero, Corbin David Alba, speaking to you from beyond the void. So this conversation ended up taking way longer than I thought it actually would, and therefore, this episode will be broken up into two parts. Tune in next week for part two. This has been a production of NoCo FM. <laughs>